Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 21 of the Bomber Brothers Podcast, part of the Pinstripe Valley Community of Podcasts. Sean and Ryan with you, as always. We have Eric Boland of Newsday coming on to join us this week. And, Sean, there's plenty of good news to talk about. This this uh, this last week, I guess, since we last recorded, has kind of felt a little like the Fenway series when the Yankees' starting rotation got really knocked around. Everyone was thinking this was the end of the world, and then all of a sudden they beat the Dodgers on the road in a three-game series and then beat up on the Mariners, and all of a sudden it was a successful West Coast trip. I Yeah, I mean, it started off awful, and when we were recording last week with Hap going, uh, I think we thought we all kind of knew um, that we probably need to rely on Tanaka to, to pitch well in the, the last game of that series. He did not, but comes back with a great start against Seattle. And, um, and yeah, they sweep Seattle after one of the most entertaining series of the year against the Dodgers. Everybody keeps saying it's a October preview, which probably means it won't be because everybody's counting on it. But I just feel like that always happens. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I mean, Oakland series was horrible. But you just I, – I feel like when you go out to the West Coast, those first couple games are, are a doozy because you're still on East Coast time. You're, you're probably playing a little bit tired, a little bit jet-lagged. But they got up for that that uh, L.A. series and, and then just – what they've done this year that they haven't done, they roll over teams that they should roll over. And, I mean, they steamroll them. And they're good against teams that are that are winning teams too. So it's it's a good combination, and that's that's why they're sitting uh, with the top – ties of the top dogs right now. And winning that series against the Dodgers is huge because now if they finish in a tie, they'll have home field advantage in the World Series over anybody they might face. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. And – if that was an October preview, then sign me up because that was that was a lot of fun. I just uh, wish the umps would be better if it was October. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the umps across the league just have been struggling a bit this year with a bunch of different things. Maybe it's just because we watch all the Yankee games and they always seem to be at odds with with the umpires. <laughs> but um, yeah, that that play on Saturday was was bizarre, and, and what's even more bizarre is how MLB kind of told the Yankees a couple days later, like, hey. That shouldn't have been that sh- they shouldn't have been allowed to call timeout. But you know, sorry, <laughs> that's pretty much a, pretty much what they said. And then we had um, the incident with with Corey Guerin with the uh, toe tap in, in Seattle, and that turned into a, a big thing. The the umps called it a balk one time, and then his other fifteen pitches that inning they didn't call a balk. And you look at the the side-by-side view, yes, did a great job of showing, you know, zoomed in on the one that was called a balk and the one that wasn't. It <laughs> It looks exactly the same. And then MLB tells them the next day it shouldn't have been a balk and that his his uh, mechanics are fine. So it was, yeah, it was a, an odd few days in terms of Yankees dealing with umpires, which obviously isn't anything new. I thought, I mean, I thought in one of those games that Brett with Brett Gardner was just going to say fuck it and just start banging his bat again, but it was uh, yeah, they they uh, it was a a shame that um, that happened on Saturday, but overall, I mean, a really fun series, uh, a good series, and uh, certainly tells you something about this Yankees team because again, they did not look good going into that series in L.A. and then they beat a really good team, maybe the best team in baseball, and then they go and beat up on an inferior team in Seattle to. Uh, turned the west coast trip into a positive when it did not look like it was going to be that way to start off yeah i I think what excites me the most is that the yankees took two elite pitchers and and i know he's not what he was but he still is an elite pitcher in clayton kershaw and the i mean (laughs) i was out friday night with a couple friends and we were laughing when they showed the yes network graphic of all of ryu's ranks in major league baseball it was first 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 like he's dominating in every category and then for the Yankees to just rock him like he did, I, I mean, I know pitchers have off nights, but that has to make you feel good going to October that this lineup against top-level pitching can do some serious damage. And when we saw that against, I mean, Chris Hill has not pitched horrible this year, but the Yankees seem to have tagged him every time they faced him. Um, and, you know, that has to make you feel really good going into um into October. And, and so does the job that, that Paxton did. I know he had a wild streak yesterday as, as we record here on Thursday morning against the Mariners where he, he walked a bunch of batters, but I mean, he did a great job against the potent Dodgers lineup 
And um, I think Domingo Herman's start was not as good as people made it out to be. I, I saw some people on Twitter saying, you know, what a great job. But he also did allow seven base runners um, and, and got some, you know, got some timely outs, a nice play by Brett Gardner in center field there. Um, but still, it was good enough, especially after the start in, in Oakland that he made did, to bounce back and show that mental toughness in a rubber match going up against Kershaw. That was encouraging as well. And you know what? I mean, I don't know about you, but CC four innings pitched, and you know, I, I know he allowed six base runners in four innings. But after the two-run homer, he he seemed to settle down, and uh, that was encouraging. I'm excited to see if CC can put together a quality start on Friday, especially with the one extra day rest because of the off date um, today. Yeah, I think at this point in his career, four quality innings from Sabathia is is fine with me. I mean, if come you know postseason time or down the stretch of the regular season, if you want to pair four innings of CC with Four innings of Severino, depending on how, you know, how much he can be worked back into, you know, whatever his arm strength can be by the time he comes back. I don't, I, I don't think that the Yankees are going to expect him to go seven innings like a normal starter. He just hasn't had enough work to get there. But if, if he can empty the tank for four innings, kind of like he did in, in the wild card game last year, and then you pair him with Sabathia or something like that, um, I think that's, I think that could be an interesting thing to explore and I was also I was encouraged by Herman's start like you said there was um, definitely a lot of jams that he had to get out of but if you look at his home and road splits he's been so bad or not bad, he's been so much worse on the road than he has been at home and to have that kind of start against the Dodgers I thought was um, was definitely encouraging and then um, same thing same thing with with Tanaka in his last start against against Seattle, I know he had a, a hiccup against the A's, but he's he's still kind of exploring that new grip on his splitter, and I'm sure that takes time to, you know, really nail down and adjust. I, I know Lindsey Adler of the Athletic had a, a really good article about how he's been adjusting to that new grip and how he kind of finally, you know, once he picked up uh, a baseball from last year and compared it to this year, he realized just how different it was and that kind of motivated him to change grips and, and explore something else. And it seems to be working so far. Again, there's maybe some growing pains with that, like we saw against the A's. But you know, there's been so much concern about the Yankees starting rotation this year, and, and rightfully so. There's definitely been stretches where they've looked really bad, but there's also been stretches where they've actually looked pretty good collectively. I mean, I think it was Katie Sharp who tweeted an interesting um, – stat line I think it was yesterday but she basically just put together the ERA of the current Yankees rotation and um, and then also compared it to the ERA of pitchers that the Yankees were either linked to near the trade deadline or pitchers that a lot of Yankee fans wanted the Yankees to go after at the trade deadline and the Yankees have been overwhelmingly better than the, than those pieces like a Marcus Stroman and a Trevor Bauer obviously they can settle down once they Maybe mm-hmm. adjust to their new surroundings, but the starting pitching really, uh, you know, Oakland series aside, hasn't been that bad recently. Yeah, I mean, if you take Hap out of it, um, who I guess we'll oh, have yeah, to he's get a to. Story. <laughs> uh, they've been fine. They've been serviceable. I mean, you know, they have their little. I feel like they go into slumps together, which you know, as long as that doesn't happen in October, we're good. But I mean, they've been fine, and I think that's bolstered by. I, I mean. The bullpen just shoved the last two series. I mean, I'm looking at the stats right now. Game, you know, in the last seven days, so the the, the Dodger series and the um, Seattle series, your your big relievers, Britton, Chapman, Green, Canley, Ottavino, they've pitched 12 in or 11.2 innings, no runs. I mean – that's that's the formula for success in October, and that's why that's why they're able to win those series, uh, you know, against a team like the Dodgers. I mean, let's be real; they, the Yankees should have at least had the opportunity to sweep that series. Major League Baseball admitted as such if if Torres scores that run. Um, so the Yankees Yankees basically, you know, they they almost swept the Dodgers, and that's that's because in the second half of those games, that's where the Yankees go to work, and um. It gives them such an advantage, and if you can even get a pedestrian start out of your your starters, you're good to go. And what makes me so excited is we might be getting a starter that's not a pedestrian starter, but I mean, I, when he's right, Severino's a top five starter in Major League Baseball. 
Yeah, if and he he's can, pitching on Sunday in 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 Scranton. I'm like, this is huge. Yeah, no, you're right. I, it's um, it's definitely exciting to know that he's already starting to work his way back at the AAA level. So obviously, all eyes will be on on him come next week when he makes that that rehab start. Um, and going back to the Dodgers series for a second, what also really encouraged me about that series was that you know they they beat Kershaw on Sunday night and. Kershaw was actually throwing pretty well. I mean, he—I think he had a season high in strikeouts that that game, or he was close to it. Um, but he was striking out a lot of guys. But the Yankees beat him with with the home run ball. And well, and that's the yeah, that's the fallacy that everybody brings up is that you know home runs work against bad pitching. That that's not true. It's harder to string more hits together against good pitching. Where a home run, you just need one, like yeah. to get a run in. So so. Sorry. When you think about when you think about going up against a Verlander who's been very susceptible to the home run this year, um, and and really really good otherwise when he keeps the ball in the ballpark, you know that's the way to beat him. You might you might strike out eight nine ten times against him in, in his outing in the postseason, but if you get a hold of two pitches and and there just happens to be a runner or two on base at the time, then all of a sudden you know boom you're in you hand it over to the bullpen and you're in position to to win that game. Garrett Cole might just be another animal in himself. He just looks absolutely absurd right now on the mound, but that's something we can worry about come October. But I thought I thought that game kind of gave you the formula of how the Yankees can win a postseason game when they're going up against some of the best pitchers in, in baseball. Absolutely, and that, that was one of the, the more fun games of the year. Um, I mean, the Friday night game was fun, but it was it was pretty late, and you know they just they jumped out to a big lead, and, and then that was it. But um, to beat Kershaw in a rubber game like that, where they, you know, they strike first, or and even you know, you had the back-to-back home runs, and then Judge makes makes good on his promise, which was awesome. He told the the coach's dad that he'd get one for him today, and sure enough, he launches that that hanging curveball. That was uh, that was a sick moment, and then then they just tacked on, which is, excuse me, which is what what a good team does. And, and I mean, how about Ford hitting a home run against <laughs> Kershaw? That was so fun. I tell you, but, I tell you what, Ford has been on fire. Another home run yesterday. And I think Luke Voigt's taking five against lefties, I think. Right? Yeah. He's, he's batting like four sixty five against lefties right now. I think Luke Voigt's taking notice and that's why Voigt's like 10 he's for back 15. Tonight, right. Uh, he's no, or tomorrow. Friday. They don't play tonight, but yeah, he's supposed to be back Friday. <laughs> I think, I think he's uh, motivated by watching Ford. I mean, Luke Voigt has been absolutely raking in his rehab assignment. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's like ten for fifteen with a couple of home runs, something crazy. It's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, a player goes down, and, and seemingly every single person they 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 put in, in in place of that injured established star starts playing like an established star. I mean, obviously Ford has his uh, adventures at first base defensively, but, I mean, at the plate, he's been he's been great. And, and the fact that he's been so successful against lefties is is remarkable as well. I mean, he's been on an incredible stretch. You mentioned the cool cool moment with, with Judge on Sunday. He's been on a tear as well. It's A lot of things are, are clicking for the Yankees right now, especially offensively with, with guys like Ford, with unexpected producers like Ford and expected producers like Judge and Torres. Yeah, and everybody was freaking out about Judge, you know, and I, I mean they're freaking out now, but for different reasons because he's just tearing the cover off the ball. And you see what happens when he gets going; it seems like the whole team takes notice and, and starts hitting too. Gary's got a couple now, and uh, looks like we could we could be getting some guys hot, which is comes at a good time because it, it it's it seems like some guys are falling back down to earth a little bit. I'm looking at Mike Talkman and. Um, I mean, you know, it's just been like a couple games. I, I, I think yeah. like what last week he had a couple multi-hit games in a row. So, I know it's funny with yeah. those with those guys. As soon as they have you know two or three games where there's an O for four or a one, for you're five, like, oh, he's go. going back down. Yeah, yeah. But then you but then you try to remember like, hey, we said the same thing about Gio Urshela, and then he suddenly got even better than he was in May. And yeah, he, he had a plus one thousand okay. OPS last month. Yeah, yeah. Well, he said he was just precautionary, and he didn't think it was a big deal, and he would expect to play tomorrow, which is which is great. Um, so we'll see. 
Yeah. But I just think this year we're conditioned to freak out whenever anything happens. Obviously, um, yeah. dodged a bullet with Didi. He was already back yesterday, so that that was yeah. that was encouraging after he got hit in the shoulder uh, on Sunday, or I think it was yeah. Sunday. Yeah, it was Sunday night, and then uh, they kept saying he could play tomorrow, he could play tomorrow, and then he finally played yesterday, albeit because, you know, um, what's-his-face, Gio got hit or had a tight groin. Gio's been beat up like crazy this year. He fell another ball off his foot on Monday on Sunday night baseball again, which was wild. But I don't – do we have any more Sunday night games left? Is the – I don't know if the game at Fenway is a Sunday nighter, but I think that'll be the last one if it is. It's Yankees um, Red Sox on a Sunday, so probably answers your question. I know Sunday they play, baseball, and they play the next day because um, yeah, they play at seven o'clock. Yeah, yeah, I have to. I'm actually traveling for to Austin for work that day. I'm pissed. I'm going to miss a Yankee Red Sox game, but yeah, it's it's eight o'clock. It's an eight o'clock game on a Sunday too. What the heck? Stupid. I thought they're supposed to be at seven. Well, we're guaranteed to be up until one a.m. Yeah. Ouch. Ouch, Barry. Um. Yeah, Sunday night baseball, eight o'clock at Fenway. So we come home, we play the A's and the Rangers. Did you have anything else on the on the? Should we should we talk about the ninth inning in that Saturday game? I mean, I mean, baseball said they're wrong. We know they're wrong. Gardner's slide wasn't dirty at all. Everybody admitted as such. Yeah, I really, don't think. No. I don't think there's anything left to address there. I mean, it was the wrong call. The umps. Um, the umps got it wrong. MLB admitted that it's a it's a shame, especially given the way the bullpen's been pitching this year. You, you would think that the Yankees had a chance to uh, to win that game, especially the way Jansen and some other of the Dodgers bullpen pieces have been pitching this year. I know Jansen just blew another save last night, so mm-hmm. you know the Yankees. A lot of Yankees fans might be clamoring about getting more consistency from from the rotation i mean the dodgers have their own problems in the bullpen so every, every contending team has it has a flaw right now so you know once you get in the postseason just whoever can collectively put it together for a couple weeks that's probably who's going to win it all what would you say the astros flaws <laughs> um they only have I'm... seven guys with a 900 plus ops instead of nine um all right yeah well, no, i was I mean, gonna say <laughs> You can make the case that that the bullpen is uh, can be a little shaky at times. Not as good as last year, yeah. Okay, that's fair. Um, that's why I think home field is such a big thing because the Yankees play so much better at home and the Astros play so much better at home than on the road. I mean, just look at the last couple seasons. I think the Astros have won two games at Yankee Stadium the last two years. Yeah, no, home field is is huge and it's a neck and neck battle right now. I mean, the mm-hmm. Yankees are what half a game ahead right now. Yeah. For that so that's yeah it's uh that's that's big i mean obviously having home field is huge and and, ha- and you know if, if you're aaron boone how do you how do you balance it you know let's let's look ahead a few weeks when the when in all likelihood barring anything c- catastrophic the yankees will be close to clinching the division but probably still in a you know tight battle with the astros for home field i mean at what at well, what point do you kind of start prioritizing rest and getting guys ready for a playoff run over playing meaningful, intense games all the way through the end of the regular season. Well, this is where I actually think the 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 problem, quote unquote, that they're going to have once they get Voight and um, Stanton and and hopefully Hicks, although we haven't heard too much on him, and and um, hopefully Encarnacion. I think he's going to start swinging again soon. Yep. Well, I mean, the roster blows up to 40 men. So instead of calling up Joe Schmo from AAA, although I know Frazier's probably coming up too, I mean, now you're inserting guys. You're not inserting a, a quadruple-A player when you want to give a guy a break. You're putting in Cameron Maben, who's done a great job, or Mike Talkman, or or Mike Ford. I mean, you're going to have guys that have produced this team, you know, filling in for these superstars. So you're going to be able to break in guys really easily, still putting out a very competitive lineup day after day. So guys are going to be able to get their rest and guys are still going to be staying fresh because you're going to be able to get guys in and out without sacrificing quality. I mean, obviously, John Carlos Stanton, and I can't say this enough, is a better player than Mike Talkman and Cameron Maven. That I saw an article on Bleacher Report should the Yankees bring back Giancarlo Stanton for the playoffs? I'm like, are you serious? Um, uh, but 
yeah, I mean, they're going to be able to break these guys in, get them rest. And I think it's really good for the rotation, too. If you have um, – you could, like, do some piggyback starts where guys only have to go, like, three innings, four innings, right, to break in Severino, maybe Montgomery if he comes up. And also you can get rest for guys like um, CC or um, – what's his face? Uh, Domingo. And maybe we just don't have to see Jay half ever again. So I, I don't think it's a – I think once the Yankees clinch, they just go into, hey, we're just going to be working everybody in, and then the real problem comes when you make a playoff roster. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't worry me. Like, I think the Yankees are in a very unique yeah. position where they're going to be able to get guys rest but at the same time still put out a very competitive team. No, that, that's, that's a great point. Uh, they'll probably be putting a, a competitive roster on the field, whether they're working guys back from injury or giving guys rest – that have been playing a lot of games because of those injuries, and given by the given the way everyone's been playing, probably the A or B squad could win any game on on any given night. And, and back to that article real quick, it's pretty funny to think that's not that's not even close to the most ridiculous article that came out this week because there was one headline: Gary Sanchez doesn't know a thing about baseball. Well, Phil, Phil Mushnick's just a racist asshole. So I, was, I mean, yeah. Oh man, I couldn't get through it. My brain cell count was was diminishing quickly. I had to get out, but um, yeah. But that will, mm, anyway, mm, yeah, we don't even need to give that attention. Um, I, maybe he doesn't know anything about baseball. We get a baseball farther than pr- pretty much anybody <laughs> I know. I yeah, mean, he had, a, he had a baseball four hundred thirty-five feet yesterday and threw out two runners from behind the plate. Yeah, There's no pretty, baseball IQ. It's, <laughs> um, all right. So on that, <laughs> I note, mean, he knows he knows more about baseball than Didi. <laughs> <laughs> with two strikes against a pitcher that can't that's you know in a, in a rut but whatever yeah uh, well we love dd yeah well we do but um any anything catching your eye about you know they got a quick six gamer at home and then they go on another uh i think another a 10 game road road swing after yeah um, detroit boston um and what toronto yeah which you know Toronto's always a problem in toronto so yeah, and the Yankees have a lot of games on the road left. There's there's not too many not too many home games left this season. Luckily, they have an incredibly comfortable lead. Um, thanks in part to the Astros who have been 17 now, right? 17 is the magic number? Yep, 17. John Flaherty or Mickey Rivers. Isn't Boone 17 now? Boone's uh yeah, he is. All right, let me All right, I got to do it. I got to just Boone's done a great job. Like I gotta say, he's. There's been like four games this year where I've been mad, but really, I mean, every year there's that. Last year I felt like there was two a week. I mean, Boone's done an awesome job, and the way that he's handled the bullpen, he's gone for the jugular. Like he has a good sense of when to go for the jugular, when not to. Like he he, I thought he played that game. Um, the the Saturday game really well. The Yankees had an opportunity to win that game because of the way he handled his pitching. And, um, yeah, just great, great job by Boone lately. Let me just say that because I know last year I was really down on him and early this year. But, um, yeah, awesome job by Aaron Boone, got to yeah. say. I, th- I think I think the um, ability to openly communicate with his players, which is why he was brought here in the first place, kind of shows in that strategy because players are probably probably find it easier to go up to him and let him know, like, hey, I'm, I'm good to go again if you need me today or, like, or you know – let him know like when maybe they need a breather. So maybe that helps Boone know like when he can um, put the foot on on the throat of opponents and, and go to that fearsome foursome in, in the bullpen multiple days in a row. I'm, I'm sure that helps. But no, you're right. He's been he's been doing fantastic this year. Has to be one of the top candidates for manager of the year at this point, especially given everyone that's been lost and, and where the Yankees stand right now. But. Um, that, that was very big of you. And uh, on, on that note, should we uh, talk to uh, Eric Boland of Newsday? Let's talk to Eric. All right, so Eric Boland covers the Yankees for Newsday. We had him on to talk about all the latest surrounding the Yankees and his entertaining Twitter engagements. And here he is, Eric Boland. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy 
happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back, everybody. We're joined now by Eric Boland. He is the Yankees reporter for Newsday. Eric, thanks so much for coming on and talking with us. Ryan and Sean, I'm glad to join you guys. How are you today? We're doing well. We're uh, we're feeling good. Aaron Judge also feeling good. He's been <laughs> locked in of late. I mean, do do you notice uh, do you notice a boost in morale or, or confidence in the team as a whole when someone like Judge gets into a groove like this? I mean, we we know how important he is to the team in the clubhouse, but he's also just as important on the field. I mean, do you do you notice um, an uptick in in belief around the Yankees when Judge is locked in like he is right now? You know, up until this year, I would have said absolutely a feeling like that is palpable and that he was almost needed to carry the team at times. But then, you know, we've seen this year one characteristic of this team has been no matter who's been uh, injured or who's been hot or who's not been hot, uh, you know, this team just wins. And whoever is called upon on a given day generally produces, and that's how you get to, you know, 40 games over 500. Um, That said, there's definitely, there's still a little bit different feel when Judge is doing what, what he's done the last week and a half or so. And remember, he started off, actually, had a pretty good start to this year uh, before he had the, the oblique injury. So who knows what the numbers would have looked like um, if he had not had that injury that kept him out two months. Uh, but, you know, the sort of the sense that you get in the clubhouse when Judge has been doing what he did uh, for most of this West Coast trip uh, is, ah, uh, now, now we're really – this is what we're supposed to look like with Aaron Judge kind of leading the way. Um, they, again, necessary? Absolutely not. Just from the standpoint that when uh, Judge was out and when Judge was in a, in a pretty bad slump, uh, you know, before this West Coast t- trip, uh, the team was winning anyway. Uh, but but there is definitely a sense of, of all is right in the world when, uh, when when Judge is producing the way he has been of late. It just makes it just makes him a more complete team. Well, well, like you mentioned, they the team has felt, or at least on paper, looked incomplete for most of the season. But guys like Ford, Maben, and Talkman have really stepped up. And now you have Luke Voigt coming back on Friday, Stan taking BP, Severino, Batances starting to work their way back. How do you think the Yankees will handle this um, influx of reinforcements coming in when the guys that replace them are still playing at a high level? You know, I mean, I think that's there, there's a lot of fascinating aspects to the, to the final the stretch run, if you will, to the regular season, and I, and I think that's right at the, the top of the list because uh, you know, look, and uh, Voight is much closer to being back than Stanton is. You know, it's much. I, I would focus on Voight for now because Stanton is. You know, he just is starting to take BP on the field, hasn't faced live pitching yet. That could happen in the next week or so, but uh, you know, he's still a ways away you would say from from coming back at least in comparison to Voight who all indications are he's going to be in the lineup uh, back tomorrow and yeah I mean it's it's going to mean less playing time for Ford you know maybe he gets a, a DH day here and there um, you know you're not going to sub him out at, at first base for defense uh, in, in place of Voight uh, you know the way that you've seen that they've subbed out Boy, uh, at times this year when they put LeMahieu over their late innings. Um, but, yeah, I mean, guys that if everybody comes back healthy, guys that have been productive um, are, are going to wind up on the bench and, and you start projecting ahead to, to what a, a division series starting uh, lineup would look like. Uh, and assuming health for, for all of these guys, uh, Gio Urshela probably isn't in the lineup. And, and isn't that something? Because if you're looking at, at MVPs uh, for the Yankees this year, you'd, you'd say LeMahieu is probably the clear number one. And I would argue that Urshela is number two. And, and he very well may not uh, crack the starting lineup if everyone comes back healthy. Uh, when you get into the postseason, one of the uh, one of the guys we just mentioned coming back is, is Deverino, and he's scheduled for the rehab start. It's great, and I believe Sunday they're targeting. What do you think his ramp up looks like in the minor league, and, and what does he need to get worked up to before he gets brought up to the big club? 
Well, I mean, I think because the minor league season ends pretty soon, uh, he's not going to have an entire minor league. He's not going to have enough minor league games to, to be able to get ramped up. And so that's one of the, the discussions that's taking place with, with the Yankees is exactly what's the best way uh, to build this guy up. Do, do we put him in the rotation and uh, work it the way you do during spring training when you stretch a pitcher out? In other words, he goes three innings his first out, and then he bumps up to you know the four maybe five innings his next time out and so on and so forth or do you do you stretch him out bringing him out of the bullpen and, and ease him in that way and that's something that brian cashman you know mentioned a few weeks ago as a possibility and severino was asked about it too and said hey you know i'm, I'm happy to pitch out of the bullpen i'm happy to pitch wherever do whatever they want me to do uh that, that hasn't been determined yet uh my guess speculating on it is they'll probably do something similar uh, to what you see during spring training which is just uh, you know you have to have him go five innings cut him at, at a certain number of pitches uh, and then you know build him up the next time out where you, where you bump it up another two innings another 15 pitches whatever whatever it may be gotcha and you know Aaron Boone blacking out he, since he's come in he's going to have a great relationship with the players but there was some criticism last year that maybe had a tough time with the main game division, specifically around the bullpen, but um, this year there, there's been a lot less talk about that. Well, he's just yanked they're leading their division, but I also have definitely seen that a little bit more aggressive with his bullpen deployment this year. Um, is there anything specific you've seen from Boone that makes his team maybe a little bit more confident or immune to this sort of criticism? Because it definitely seems like a different, different vibe around the team. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, it was a pretty good vibe last year they won 100 games and and actually you know as much as the red sox ran away with the with the division winning 108 games the yankees went not 10 against them so it wasn't like like boston just it was a one-sided uh, rivalry last year uh, you know this was a I, yeah I don't, I don't think there's a dramatic difference to be honest with you i, I guys you know are, are producing he's got a little bit better bullpen uh, you know that those those final four, if you will, uh, that he can deploy at the end of games have all had for the most part. There's been hiccups here and there, but uh, they've all been really good this year to to excellent. You know whether it's uh, Aroldis Chapman or Tommy Canley or uh, Zach Britton or Adam Ottavino. Uh, you know all four of those guys have been again for the most part pretty terrific this year, and that's going to make a manager look good. Uh, and I always get a kick on, on Twitter when I. Um, um, move that makes 100% complete sense backfires, doesn't work for whatever reason, and it's, oh, you know, fire Aaron Boone, Boone stinks, bring back Girardi, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, that happened an awful lot last year. This year, it's not happening as much because, uh, you know, players are coming through, whether it be bullpen moves or we've seen this team that is hitting about 50 points higher with runners in scoring position than they did a year ago. Uh, obviously, Urshel has a lot to do with that, and LeMahieu has a lot to do with that, but, uh, you know, it, it seems like Boone for the most part he's kind of had the magic touch this year bullpen moves have worked out and if he sends a guy up to pinch hit or some of the lineups that people like to complain about on a daily basis they get posted uh when he gives a guy a rest here and there uh those replacements have come through and again uh that that typically reflects on the manager in so far as the, the fan reaction is concerned gotcha and you know, for, for some of the fan reaction, they're still leading the pack right now. And, and given what happened in 2017 in the postseason, how much do you think the Yankees value home field? And are they willing to go all out down the stretch, or could you see them prioritizing rest for some of their arms once they're wrapped up, at least the division? You know, I mean, I, I think it's it's a priority uh, w with a, a healthy dose of, of being cautious. Uh, I, they're not going to push somebody. You know, they're not going to use uh, Adam Ottavino five straight games um, it, it, because they're trying to chase down home field advantage or, or catch Gary Sanchez a day game after a night game, which they haven't really done all season long, uh, or, or leave Masahiro Tanaka in to throw 130 pitches in a, in a game. You know, I, they're not going to do any of those things. That said, uh, securing home field advantage is very important to, to this team, uh, certainly for the for the AL, and they'd like to beat out the Dodgers too, if possible. Might as well uh, cover all of your flanks there. But uh, you know, look, everyone is kind of gearing up for for what you know. 
he looks like a, a I want to say inevitable uh, because a lot can happen certainly in the, in the short best of five first round series um, but I think everyone's sort of anticipating a, a matchup with Houston in the ALCS and, and as you mentioned everyone remembers what happened in 2017 and there's certainly plenty of players left on the Yankees roster it's just two years ago uh, they remember that uh, and, and what they remember most of all is that home field had it made the difference there. Uh, the Yankees' offense, uh, they, they pitched okay down in the four games at Minimate Park, but, but really couldn't score any runs. Uh, and Houston completely crumbled in the, the cauldron, the noise cauldron that was Yankee Stadium for games three for five. And their players, uh, the Astros players, very much talked about that on the record, uh, how they just didn't perform uh, and were essentially intimidated by the by the New York crowd for those three games. Uh, if those if it was reversed and the Yankees had home field advantage that series, I, there's no doubt in my mind the Yankees uh, go on to the, to the World Series. Uh, and I think the Astros w- would probably agree with that. So, uh, you know, w- with a, a lot of the same team, if you will, on, on both ends of things, uh, uh, both end of things, there, there's no question that, that the Yankees, that, that is a priority for them uh, in September to secure home field advantage so that they can have it against Houston if indeed they do match up with them in the ALCS. But again, not at the risk of anybody's health, uh, but I don't think you're going to see, quote, spring training lineups in you know certain games um, down the stretch. You know, they're they're, they're going to try to win as many as they can to get that home field. We're talking with Eric Boland of Newsday, and, and Eric, you're you're so engaging on, on Twitter, particularly with um, disgruntled fans at times who seem to seem to almost be searching for things to be upset about with this team. I mean, is it is it tough for you to just see that kind of negativity in your Twitter mentions when you're covering a team that currently has the best record in baseball? And I, I mean, is there any was there a point where you remember where you were like, OK, I'm just going to start calling out these bad takes instead of <laughs> instead of just ignoring them instead of ignoring them like a mature adult? Should. <laughs> um, I know that's it's a fair question. And I, I, I've been called out by other followers about that saying, why do you give the time of day to to people? I, you know, I can't really chalk it up to anything other than being immature, slightly immature still as a 45 year old man. Um, and so, you know, I, I do tell myself, don't get riled up. Don't respond to every stupid comment because there's so many. Um, and, and by the way, the vast majority of people, my followers, I, I think are, are terrific and they're funny and engaging and uh, et cetera, et cetera. It is a small minority that, uh, that write, you know, the, the dumb things that, uh, that you do see. But, um, you know, I mean, I guess because people get emboldened, what, what bothers me the most is people under the, the cloak of, of cyber courage and anonymous cyber courage because people's real names generally are not attached. Uh, they, they make these blanket attacks, whether they be directly at me or other people in the media or players or Brian Cashman or Hal Steinbrenner. And then, you know, I mean, these people obviously all can, can take care of themselves, but you know, I, I just, when P, I, I don't think you should get free shots at people. Um, again, whether it's me, whether it's a player, whether you're saying, Oh, you know, uh, player x is dogging it and they don't care and they're this or they're that and the name calling uh it irritates me and so i fire back at them and i i should be better i know i should be better right um i I have uh, friends of mine and and you know people in uh, the inner circle that constantly say why do you get let people rile you up like that and it's a good question i and i really don't have a good answer to it <laughs> well sean and i appreciate it we always get a get a good laugh out of it and we talk him and myself talk about on the podcast a lot how it's you know baffling that such a successful team could also have such negativity attached to it at times and you're you're from cleveland you you were just out on the west coast you're you're probably get a better view of other fan bases i mean do you think this is an isolated thing with the yankees just because this fan base is so you know intense about rooting for their team or i mean are other fan bases also seemingly more comfortable being upset with their teams than celebrating them you know that's a hard question for me to answer because i don't see the respective fan bases as much um, most of the people that follow me uh, are Yankee fans, um, so I don't see what's necessarily said to the writers. But I, I think every fan base has that element. Um, 
that is, you know, every pitch, every at bat is a referendum on player X. Uh, I mean, I remember DJ LeMayhew made an out in his first spring training uh, at bat of the year. And, you know, within 10 seconds, you know, I, I get a, a, well, nice signing Cashman. Um and this is the first at bat of spring training. And oh, by the way, and, and this will come up next spring training because I will mention it that the first time that people complain about player X getting off to a bad start. You know who had one of the worst spring trainings to play this year for the Yankees? DJ LeMayhew. Once again, exhibit 275,000 of why spring training just doesn't matter, no matter how desperately we, we want those numbers to mean something. They don't. Um, and I'm and I'm guilty too of, of reading into them. We all do it. Um, but it's just you know, like I said, Lemayhu was absolutely awful all spring, and then he's doing had the year that he's he's had uh, to this point. But you know, I mean, I think every fan base has an, an element of that to answer your question. I just think because the Yankees are you know have the largest fan base uh, in the country, you know, and certainly the world, um, there's just there's more of them. But I, I certainly believe. I mean, I know when when uh, the Yankees have played the Red Sox this year, and I'll check out some of the comments. Uh, for the beat reporters for, for the Red Sox that I know and I'll see very similar comments about how oh, Alex Cora, you know, he's forgotten to manage this year and you know, oh, you know, he's resting on his laurels from last year. Cora's, you know, they're not trying as hard, blah, 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 all, all those things. Uh, and, and I'm sure the, uh, the people that cover the Red Sox get uh, frustrated and I'm sure like it's with the Phillies, I'm sure it's with the Angels. I think you can go on down the list. I just think because, again, there's so many Yankee fans by number, uh, uh, it's just probably a, a, a more vocal and larger group, uh, just because the sheer number of, of fans that you're, uh, you know, that you're drawing from. But I, it is amusing to me when I do respond to some of those comments, such as last week. You know, let's drop Judge in the batting order. That was one of the big fights that I was having early on in the West Coast trip with people uh, before he got, uh, you know, caught fire. The vast majority of fans responding to that were. were you know, in agreement with me, um, which, you know, I'm not saying that I was really reaching on a limb there. I don't think you need to drop Aaron Judge because of a bad 20, 25 games or whatever. Um, but like I said, I, I do think that element exists with every fan base. It's just a bit bigger with the Yankees. I think uh, I think one thing that we can all agree on is that the Yankees seem to get out to umpires a lot lately. Um, do you sense it's an adversarial mindset going in that there's just I mean, there's been a lot of things this year. Do you think they're going in with an adversarial mindset towards the umpires now, or is it just a high level of competitiveness that crops up in these situations? I don't think that, you know, I mean, I, I think players overall, um, not just the Yankees, I think in the entire sport, I think do too much complaining about the umpires. Um, and, and I think by extension, then a lot of fans and media do too, and it becomes almost a nightly obsession. Um, but all of that said, you know, I don't think the Yankees, I think it is the competitive. I thought you, you think you asked the question perfectly. I really think it is just the, the competition. And, you know, Aaron Boone always talks about controlling the strike zone. And that is something that he's preached for, for two years. And um, it is an obsession on this team. And they do look at every single pitch as an individual battle that, that needs to be won or that can be won. And so um, I think that, it, again, the, the tail end of how you asked the question, uh, I, I don't think it's a matter of that the Yankees think that they're getting picked on by, by these umpires. I, I think that it's just competitive situations. It is a huge difference. You know, uh, if you're at the plate and it's one and one uh, and you get a borderline, you know, called strike against you, it's a huge difference between being behind one and two and being ahead two and one. Um, and, you know, and, and you can fix it. You can do that with just about every any count, really. It's a big, big difference. Look at the statistics to, you know, strike one ball one for a given count. You can go on and on. Um, I, I, the Yankees, the only time they really felt that the umpires were looking for something 
was the gardener roof, you know, the, the bat into the roof thing, uh, the dugout to Phil Cuzzy, clearly the first base umpire uh, a week or so after the incident in Toronto. Uh, the umpires were alert to that, and, uh, you know, Gardner publicly calling Chris Siegel, the plate umpire, that incorrectly threw him out of the game in Toronto, you know, him calling him a liar. Uh, you know, don't think the umpires don't talk amongst themselves, and, and uh, that it was sort of understood the next time Gardner did that, with the uh, with the bat going to the roof, uh, he was going to get thrown out. I think I think anybody in the game could see that one coming, and, and you know the Yankees certainly uh, felt that the Gardner was targeted there. But in a bigger picture, um, the, the run-ins that you're talking about, I, I don't get the sense that you know there's frustration as there is in every big league clubhouse with the inconsistency of the strike zone at, at times. But uh, the, the feeling around the team isn't that the umpires you know quote have it out for us or anything like that. All right, that is Eric Bowen. He covers the Yankees for Newsday. And, Eric, thanks so much for coming on and talking with us. We really appreciate the time. It's my pleasure, guys. Hit me up uh, before October or in the offseason or any other time you want to talk Yankees. Will do. Thank you. You're welcome, guys. Have a good afternoon. Okay, thanks again to Eric Boland. You can find him on Twitter and at Newsday. And, um, Sean, I, I don't know about you, but I enjoy following him on Twitter because he's, uh, like we like we talked about with him, he's definitely quick to point out some of the reactionary and angry takes that a lot of Yankees fans tend to have when it comes to a team that has the, the best record in baseball. He's pretty well grounded in reality, not like Phil Mushnick, who we were just talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, um, definitely one of the more intelligent follows. I had to uh, unfollow Kevin Kernan after he was uh, complaining about, or he was saying that the Yank- that Jay Happ was showing the Yankees signs of life, and um, the Mariners lost because they went with an opener. So, huh. yeah. <laughs> I was like, huh, that's interesting. But anyway, yeah, Boland, not like that. Boland, very realistic, very modern. I appreciate that. Yeah, I just heard Jay Happ and life in the same sentence and already knew that there was something wrong there. But um, If Jay Happ is on the postseason roster, <laughs> I will sell all my postseason tickets that I plan on buying. <laughs> yeah, that would uh, that would be a recipe for disaster. Talk, talk oh, about yeah. someone susceptible to the home run. Oh, man, that would be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So half pitches what Sunday? So I'm sure that is not what you're looking forward to, forward to this. Week. I actually wanted to go see. I like I love the Moose Man. I wanted to go because it's this Hall of Fame celebration. But uh, you know, Dad's having a barbecue and Hap is pitching. So those two things add up to me not going. <laughs> that's fair. But I am going on Monday. That's what I'm looking forward to. That's what you're going to ask. Taking uh, Kyle and Mom and Shania. So Shania's first trip to the stadium this year. Our, our young niece. Took her to Jose Tejas last night, and she's going to Yankee game on Monday. So what a hell of a week for her before Jeez. she goes back to school. Just just crushing it. So I'm ex- I'm excited to see Tanaka pitch against the Texas Rangers. Guess it's safe to say you're beating me right now for favorite uncle. But uh, my um yeah, my, what I'm looking forward to is on Monday as well. I'm looking forward to the uh, Notre Dame's first game on Labor Day for some reason. But I'm just looking forward to watching some college football in, in general. Every most most people kind of veg out on the couch on Sundays and watch football. Um, I'm a Saturday guy, but I'm yeah. definitely excited for that, and you know, just excited to watch more Yankees Yankee baseball. It's just been a lot of fun to watch this year. This entire regular season has really been a joy to watch, just between how well they've been playing and all the likable supporting cast that comes up and produces. So, yeah, a lot lots to look forward to this week. Yeah, I mean, against the A's, you got CC, Domingo, and Hap. Um, you think there's a chance for a little bit of revenge on on the A's for last week, sort of like the Boston away, then Boston home. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, options absolutely. Or- the Yankees are the Yankees are a a different different team at home, and now this time it's going to be the A's traveling to uh, you know to the right coast. 
to the right coast. I like that. Yeah, I mean they're still they're still crushing though. I mean they're six and four in their last ten now, so they've cooled off a little bit, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited. You get one home stand, and then uh, this, this is the second to last home stand already. Jeez. Yep. How do you like that? Crazy. Hmm. Already about to be in September come Sunday. I know that's wild, man. Now, I mean. This will probably be my last trip to the stadium before October. So I really wanted to go see CC pitch tomorrow night, but I just can't make it work. Um, so unless I see him in October, last last game CC pitched I saw was when they got eliminated against the Red Sox. Not great. Was that the last so, time? Yeah, though. I mean, I didn't see him pitch at all this year. Hmm. The time before that was when we went against Boston, where he pitched great. Yeah, when he, was he awesome. they beat Eduardo Rodriguez. But, uh, yeah, I was I was super confident last year in the division series that he was going to get them back to Fenway to go beat Chris Sale in front of his hometown crowd. But um just wasn't meant to be. No. Well, this is what it is. This year. Yeah. I mean, I'm feeling pretty excited. And, um, you know, we'll see the rosters expand. Guys will get rest. You know, you'll have long games. Although, luckily, they don't play the Orioles because Buck Showalter. Oh, no, Buck Showalter's not there anymore. I'm sorry. I'm just like, wow, that was awful. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. Instead, they've got a coaching staff that argues with players all the time. They had another altercation yeah, in the dugout that. last night. You know when the Yankees fired Buck Walter? Dad told my second grade teacher he was going to become a Mets fan. I was like so upset. That's that's sad. Yeah, I, rem- I remember it like it was yesterday. But as was revealed on the podcast, like before the season started, Dad was originally a Mets fan. So <laughs> who knows? He was just going back to his roots. <laughs> We're going to find out if he listens all the way through this week because I'll get a text for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he'll get one. I don't know if anyone else is listening by now. We always we always end on a ramble. Yeah, that's that's all right. We, you know, it's it's just like the end of the game where you got a big lead. You, let's, let's throw Sess out there and see what happens. <laughs> all right. Well, um, I guess I'll stop rambling. Yeah, now it's time to bring in Chapman and close this out. But thank you to uh, everybody for listening. Thank you so much to Eric Boland. We will be back next week hopefully with another guest but until then enjoy football baseball whatever it is you're taking part in this weekend and a happy labor day and we'll talk to everybody next week happy labor day let's go yanks let's get some revenge on the A's.